Great DJs deserve great music. That's why here at Desi BPM, we're giving professional DJs access to the first ever online DJ pool exclusively for Desi Music. Register your interest now and receive your first three months free at desibpm.com. Hi, I'm Chunt, and I'm a DJ. And I'm Mac, and I'm his MC. Mic check, one, two, one, two. We're just two northern lads who love music and good conversation. And this is our podcast, Roots and Rhymes. Welcome once again to the Roots and Rhymes podcast, and I'm Chunt. And I'm his co-host, Mac. And we've got a belter of a show today. I think belter is the best word to describe it, isn't it? It's a nice Yorkshire word, isn't it? Belter of a show. It is. It is indeed. <laughs> this week, we're speaking to absolute British Asian powerhouse. That is the Punjabi hit squad. They talk to us about their journey, their pioneering journey as well, to be fair, it has to be said. They talk to us about what they did in the clubs. They're signing to Def Jam, and they've got such a huge, varied history it's amazing to hear firsthand from these two legends. You know what? Just just merging cultures is the the biggest message that comes out of today's show, and we can't wait for you to hear it. Don't forget to stay in touch by hollering at us on the socials at Roots and Rhymes, and don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review Roots and Rhymes podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Been on a bit of a break, haven't we, Matt? Bit of a break. Batteries recharged, ready to go again. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think sometimes you need a little mid-season break just to kind of regroup, do a few recordings and uh, and come back bigger and better. We've got some great news. We've got some there as well. Yeah, we got. I mean, sometimes you just got to take that little bit back. They, they, there's a lot going on behind the scenes with Roots and Rhymes always, and uh, taking that little break has done us the world of good. But it never stops, though. That's the thing in it, bro. I mean, it never really stops. It doesn't. It doesn't really stop. I mean, the great news that we we want to share. So by the time this podcast airs, it's it's probably safe to uh, announce that the podcast will exclusively be playing for Ruckus Avenue Radio, uh, massive number one South Asian radio station online, uh, based out of North America, California, I believe, um, and it's going to be playing Roots and Rhymes exclusively for them over there across the pond. Exclusive. And, you know, we're just so excited for the opportunity to reach a wide audience and cross the pond, hit the, hit the US market and uh, give them all that Roots and Rhymes goodness. Roots and Rhymes. Right, today it's a real honour to introduce today's guests. We're joined by the most successful urban Asian squad in the industry, with British Asian culture, they define the champion, the Bollyhood and Desi Beat sound. Not to mention being signed to Def Jam Records and becoming to go-to remixers of the industry. They've graced the airways for almost 15 years whilst winning multiple awards. It's Punjabi Hit Squad. What's going on? How are we doing, boys? Just for the podcast, we did a silent standing ovation for the guys. We did, we did, we did stand up. <laughs> Absolute pleasure having yeah. you on the show today, guys. It's uh, it's definitely one for the bucket list, isn't it, Mike, for both oh, of us to, to have you, you know, guys on? You know, it's it's funny, Chuns, because when we first started Roots and Rhymes, we, it would be nothing without Punjabi Hit Squad. I mean, you guys trailblazed the way for us and we look up to you Big time. As, uh, as inspiration and as heroes of the industry. So... We're just trying to follow in your footsteps. So it's a real honor to be able to do this with you guys today. Thank you. Nice one. Thank you very no much. No problem at all. So <laughs> what have you guys been up to? Obviously, we're coming out of lockdown a little bit. We've kind of seen you night shift the other week 
as well. That that looked like it was yeah. a bit of fun and, and a bit different to be out there again. So tell me a little bit about that, Rav. How did you how did you find it? Uh, not it was very very difficult to stay two meters away <laughs> from people you haven't seen yeah. in a very very long time <laughs> in an atmosphere that kind of turned from what is like a probably a video podcast show yeah. into an absolute rave. Yeah, right. By the time D and I left there, it was it was a garage. It's crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 I saw that. It was mad. It, it was mad. You had Heartless there. You had so many people. It, it was actually a race. It's, it's such a throwback, isn't time. it? It's just a throwback. The guys that they've had on it, it all, it's brilliant, man. And we, we love that kind of thing here as well on the on the podcast. And it's it's just so cool to, to hear. And, and like I said, Heartless, bloody hell. That's, 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 a, massive, that's yeah. a massive throwback right there. Brilliant. Yeah, man. I mean, like, we know Heartless crew from even before our time at One Extra. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just kind of seeing them um, you know, in the same space and us talking about times when we've DJed together and just seeing how far, you know, the music scene has come and how we've all grown as as individuals is like it's great, you know, and you know, the, the, the everyone at PSG was there as mm-hmm. well. Uh the, the singing dentist was yeah. there. So, you know, like all, all of these things in one, it's like, hi, right, you know what, this is this is a good atmosphere, man. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a nice way to kind of and I think the season's ended now, but it's a nice way to come out of lockdown as well and kind of prepare people for for the summer to come. Hopefully, things open up and stuff. But but talking about the the last year, D, how how's the last year been for you? Uh, I mean, obviously, you guys have been rocking the show and stuff like that, and that's been consistent and good as as always. But it must have been a bit of a culture shock as well, isn't it? You know, you know, being not being able to do live gigs. Yeah, I think I think it was kind of difficult. The, I think the thing that saved us was being on radio and still being able to broadcast. Mm. Yeah, um, I think having that sort of contact with our audience, going out to the clubs, doing the weddings and doing the tours, it, it, it was a difficult time because me and Rab were just so used to being out yeah. there in the clubs yeah. on a regular basis. And all of a sudden, everything just sort of shut down on that mm. front. But like I said before, we were lucky to be broadcasting. Yeah. So that was a blessing right absolutely, there. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's, it's been good that I, I think in the beginning, radio was a little bit, it was a bit weary about what was going on and how people were going to get into studios and stuff like that. But it's glad that you, you were able to keep that, that element consistency, but, um, rewind. Let's take it back. No, your roots. Yo, they're taking us back. Bully, we're going to take you right back. <laughs> way, way back. We're take you right back, right back. <laughs> okay. So you, you're all stomping around in, in West London. What do you guys remember? So, D, if you want to go first, what do you remember about your earliest memories of music personally when you were growing up? Yeah, so uh, I think early memories for me was definitely sort of like going uh, to record shops and collecting records and just traveling all about the place and then going to places like Limelight. Oh, yeah. And Bombay Jungle. That was like a big moment for us because, like, that's when before people started remix and everything, everything was sort of done mm. right. So mixing, like having a traditional, everything was on vinyl Absolutely. as well. So yeah. these are like the vinyl days yeah. before even CD kicked in. So my early days, it has to definitely be that. And then going, living in Southall and oh. being a part of South of Broadway and just being inspired, like walking down Broadway and getting into music that way, mm. going to different shops, buying music, buying vinyl. That has definitely got to be one of my early memories. <laughs> You know what? It's it's great. You know, you mentioned Southall Broadway there. I've got family in Southall, yeah. so I know the another Broadway really, really well. That one street is uh, is the source of inspiration for so mm. many artists. Like I don't think like it gets enough credit. Like you know when you, people talk about like 
hotspots of music and you know it's obviously places in manchester like oasis and simply red and but like Southall Broadway has got a lot of credit due to it for the amount of people who have been inspired yeah. by that one street. And Do you know what it is? Not, it's not a big strip. Nah, it's not, nah, it's not. But like musically, like just early days, it was like going into different shops like Metro Music yeah. and going into ABC yeah, yeah. Music and buying and having something physical in your hand because now everything's just streaming. Absolutely. But like have, yeah. going in there, buying vinyl and even going into one of the shops when we were recording like this is just stepping forward mm. a bit when we were recording High mm. High and meeting Miss Scandalous because she used to work in one yep. of the shops. Yep. Mm. So yeah, it was it's, it's definitely um, an inspirational strip. So nuts that just these yeah, handful sure. of music stores actually played a part in a lot of um, people's careers, especially early on in the uh, late in the nineties and and noughties when a lot of these uh, huge uh, artists were coming through and and defining our British Asian music culture, but. Just before that, I know you, I know you mentioned how that was inspirational, going down, buying vinyl and that kind of thing. But for you, Rav, what was the earlier days like? What was the inspiration at home, the family influence? Where did the music come in to your life at, at the earliest stage? I mean, if you, if you think, so I, the earliest kind of remem- memories I have like of, in terms of doing music and family is literally taking records from like my cousin, and he used to have a great collection. I used to steal all them records and take them home yeah. with me and listen to them at home and kind of study them. You know, and then like getting into, I mean, back in the day, it was all like Michael Jackson. Absolutely, so, yeah. you know, getting those yeah. kind of records yeah. together. And I think just there, there's something about having a piece of vinyl that then you put onto a turntable, you play with this needle and this music comes out that can inspire you to turn around and do so many different things. That's the earliest memory I have. I remember having like, you know, like every used to have the, the, the all-in-one stack system of the oh, take yeah, there, yeah, yeah, the high fives, full high man. And at the bottom, you keep all of your records. Now, my yeah. uncle used to have those. We used to have one of those. So, like, it, it, it was things like that. And then I think uh, with, with, with many Asian artists, I think the major um, inspiration was weddings. Absolutely. You know, and mm. weddings now are very, very prim and proper. Mm. But back in the Go day, rags, they were up there, <laughs> like, you know, you used to you, you. There wasn't a caterer. Your caterer was your uncle yeah, and auntie yeah, yeah, yeah. who just Black garden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd, you'd, strips you'd, of tables. Yeah, you'd, you'd cook all the like. The people right. would cook all night. They'd cook all night. And you know what? I remember like weddings weren't even about a venue. They were in sports halls. You could play five aside and have <laughs> a wedding the, at, the, and, the, and same at day. the same time. You could walk into the wedding with your, <laughs> with your yeah. kit on and then go. You know, you'll let the town kit and go and play a five aside and then come back absolutely you know and and I think that that's that's really I think where where I got the bug from you know I remember that there's um, I have pictures of of my dad taking me to go and see like the DJ who was there behind the records Mm. and see how that's you know my dad now will be like I don't understand how you got into music and then I'll pull out a picture and say this is the reason why because you used to take me behind the turntables to those really really early you know, roadshows that kind of just had just a great selection, mm. you know, and, and again, singers mm. as well, you know, people like, um, Jenny from Alarp yeah. and, and Hira and Premi, they were like family friends, Absolutely. you know, they, they, they weren't really even superstars back then. They were just singers. And they were just so, they were you know, wedding they singers. You used to see yeah. them on the circuit constantly and people yeah, were excited yeah. to hear their, yeah. hear them sing all the time. And then, then, creeped in the road shows really, which almost became a, a mix and a fusion. Like, like was it Tony Patty and stuff like that, who, who basically yeah. used to rock the circuit for a little while and, 
and that kind of thing. But you're absolutely right. For me, it was a it was a similar thing. Like I used to want to go behind yes. the decks, like see what they're playing yeah. on their tape decks, and um, and yeah. ask the dolly, "Oh, can I have a look at your doll?" and that kind of stuff. Because it was like this new yeah. world, and it, it, it was, it's just all fascinating yeah. because you get you get to see mm. how the crowd is working via a DJ, you know, how, what is he doing in order? Yeah. He's not just picking up random records yeah. and playing them. Yeah. You know, there's a thought process behind that. Absolutely. And I was like always fascinated yeah. by, by that. And then I was fascinated by, you know, um, door players. And I was fascinated by Dumbi players. I was fascinated by all yeah. of it. And this is even before I got into production. Yeah. Mm. Production kind of came quite later mm. on, but before mm. all of that, it was all about DJing and, and seeing how that kind of worked, you know? So yeah, that, I think those are the really, really, great first glimpses of like you know where we wanted to be yeah. so you see you say that before you very, even got into production because you, you studied um media technology at west Ham's college right so yeah you, you, you kind of carried that inspiration forward and you decided to formally um educate yourself in in media and technology and obviously giving you an introduction well, into, I mean, into all of it, that it was a, so actually like i kind of wanted to I, I, when I left school I, I was in the middle of like trying to figure out what I wanted to do and the rest of it I just knew I was good at DJing and I wanted to be a DJ so that's kind of when me and D first linked yep. up as friends and and you know and then what, what kind of happened was is that I needed an excuse that allowed me to go out to nightclubs mm. and do clubbing during the night and back then there were like three to four events on every single yep. week yeah you know, but we'll be DJing like more or less Monday, Tuesday, Absolutely. Wednesday and Thursday, right? So I needed like a course that would allow me to be flexible enough to mm. do that, but also allowed me to kind of gain some skill mm. from it. So I started media technology. Um, and then when I got to university, I needed, I think, I think I just got started university and I think we just started Punjabi Hit Squad. Yeah. So, and, so um, that was, that was around 2000, 2001. So obviously, yeah. yeah. So D, you mentioned before obviously Bungra Jungle, all that kind of stuff. So these were these nights that were going mm-hmm. on in central London where it was, yeah. it was a completely different kind of vibe c- compared to the Bungra gigs that we, we see now or, or we even saw 10 yeah. years ago. There was a real, there was a real culture there. People would get dressed up to the nines to go to these nights. They would queue for hours. None of this table service, none of that. It was just the music in a proper sweat box. And real, it was just a, a absolute it, it was, vibe. It was, it was yeah. the rawest form. It was. Your table service was in the boot of a car. Yeah, it's hundred percent essential before you go in. That's yeah, it. Right? Yeah, yeah, Plastic yeah. cups, yeah, none yeah. of this glassware. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty hands, ice. That's it, man. That's white, it. Man. So, so obviously, like we <laughs> yeah. said, Punjabi Hit Squad 2001. That was fun. That was comprised of you two, uh, Ammo, and of course Marky Mark, who we know as a who was a long-standing mm-hmm. club promoter. In the nineties, so yeah. how did the formation of of the four of you come about? We obviously understand that you guys were friends and you were DJing together and that kind of thing. But how did the introduction with Marky Mark and Ammo come in, and how how was Punjabi Hit Squad formed in that in that moment? Well, we um, knew Mark from back in the days, like when he used to do Bombay Jungle, and he was a promoter yeah. at Limelight mm. as well. So we always had that relationship. Mm. But then he started working at a record label, um, and uh, while he was working there, we were we were doing an album for. Um, our cousin Raj, who passed away, who was a part uh, of Asian DJ culture, who's who's the founder of Asian DJ mm. culture, and came up with the name Punjabi Hit Squad as well. So we were we were recording an album for him, and um, in that whole process, we completed the album and released it. And then uh, 
Mark approached us. He used to work for a label. And he said, why don't you come and release some music through this label? And then um, we said, look, we've got this name. Uh, we're looking, to, uh, we've got, we, we sort of know what we want to do with it and we want to go with it. Why don't you join us? And I even remember that was all South of Broadway as well because we met at, what was the restaurant? Lordy Karai, right? Bad yeah. Yeah, yeah, Lordy Karai in South Yeah. And that's where we mapped out, me, Rav and Mark, we mapped mm. out like what we wanted to do and then we came up with Punjabi Hit Squad. And then we knew there was this like big movement happening. We sort of, we, what we wanted to do was East meets West. Mm. So it was like Western beats with mm. Eastern vocals and, and we could see this sort of change happening within the industry that that thing, that sound was going to be big next. And then we, we went into a studio and we started recording new songs and stuff. And we came up with a song called Dil Chiralia. Mm which really worked for okay. us. So, yeah, um, that's sort of where we sort of come from. So, so where did Ammo come? Ammo joined us by default. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Ammo was a part of Asian DJ culture yeah. and I was a part of the Asian DJ culture, but I came quite later on. Right. And Raj was obviously the founder kind of mm. thing. So when he passed away, we were carrying on the name, but of course, you know, I think with, with anyone that suffered any kind of loss, mm. You know, especially attached to anything that you know you guys are kind of maybe doing something together. The, the vibe just wasn't yeah, the same. It yeah. wasn't what it was. And I think that when we released yeah. when we released the had album to, in memory of Raj, which is called RK One Life After mm. Death, I think that was like the natural kind of um, completion of what we were trying to do at that time mm. in our lives. So that's why, um, yeah, when we got to when we got mm. with Mark, it was it was one of those things like right, cool, you know, like. Mark understood the market really, really well. He understood the music really, really well. Um, you know, we obviously did as well. So when we came together and just, you know, we just had aligning ideas. That's that's that's, that's what it was. It's almost natural. You know, yeah. yeah so I think I, we're all on the same page. Yeah, I, I think that's you really know, and, important. And, and, and yeah, yeah. I mean, and once we kind of put it together, we were like, look. First, we like went through a couple of names. You know, like what do we call ourselves? can't even remember the names because now we don't, <laughs> yeah, even, yeah. we don't even like bring it up but you know I think like we just said why don't we call ourselves Punjabi Hit Squad because it kind of works exactly what we what we yeah. were doing you know it, and and it stood out and it was straight to the mm. point you know we weren't we weren't um, you know hiding yeah. behind a name or, or a facade that didn't represent what we were trying yeah. to do so yeah you know that's that's kind of how how, how that all came well, about what I think about that period of time, you're, you're right. Like you said, if, if one person passes away within a group or something, let's let's use RDB as an example. It's almost as if the yeah. the, the way it gets a little bit lost, then it's like the founding members aren't there. So the direction changes. Yeah, it's never the same. Never the same. Never the same. So I think never, credit never to you for actually again. acknowledging that and and basically putting something out in remembrance for your friend. That's that, that's really yeah. nice. But, but staying on the RDB thing, that was around the time that RDB released the album. Right there, original was the yeah. around yeah. the time. So you could see that this that was a defining album as well as uh, as well as your debut album was. But I, I want to use that yeah. as an example because that was the first time we started to hear a fusion of these urban beats with with Punjabi vocals, uh, especially up north where we are as well. It was massive, massive for us. But then obviously with you guys coming in with Punjabi Hit Squad, what was different about that? It was it was a big. I, it, it, I, what was different was I I, I think that so IDB. Um, there was always been there's always been this thing about Punjabi has got an RDB. Oh, really? Okay. Like they they think that there's this friction, but there isn't no, actually. No, no, you know, no. like, like we had mutual respect. And the reason why that it came about was because they were representing North, we were representing mm. South. Okay. But we would go and DJ at yeah. all the same places. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, 
I would see Cully, Serge, Mange in yeah. London. I the same way that they would see us in Manchester. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, all these places. So and then mm. we'll have Surinder Ratton come into yeah. the mix, uh, Mets and Tricks come in. So there was like this um we were just like a, a driving force, yes. really. You know, like we were just like while we were separate entities, but we were just pushing this one sound. That's exactly what I know, was getting at as well, Rav. What I wanted to, yeah. what I was getting mm. at is that there was a real movement that was happening. You saw it with the, yeah. the music and obviously your W album, the album um, was, yeah. was absolutely massive and it had a, such a defining sound. And, and obviously D you can, you can maybe elaborate on it a little bit more. You had, you had some amazing tracks on there, which uh, it had a bit of UKG vibe on there, hip hop, Juralia uh, was a, a fantastic tune. Uh, Share as well was a was a great tune. How did how did what you were doing? Did you think it was different? And what did you feel as if it was representing uh, during the time? And and what was the the ultimate goal moving forward with that? I think the ultimate well, the album when we were working on it, I think it was just a reflection of what we wanted to do and what was going on out there at the same time as well. But yeah. at the same time, we sort of wanted to create a new sound, mm. and that's when we sort of came across a record called Deal Geralia uh, when we were working on the album. And like you had the rest of the album, but with that sort of particular song, you never really had a lot like it. Uh, there was nothing out there sort of like that. So that was sort of one sound that really sort of worked for us, and. Um, that was a, that was an actual song that got us to where we wanted to be in terms of getting signed to like our mission was to get signed to a major label. That's what we sort of wanted yeah. to do. Like we knew that's how we could take out our sound to the next mm. level. And then Dilgeradia um, was that type of song where we sort of built that and thought, let's see where it yeah. goes. And it was getting played all across the world. Like with music, you just don't know where it's going to reach. And I think with that, like even chatting out to our yeah. A&R Def Jam. He, he was just like, yo, man, that's a dope record. And I think that that was a big contribution of us sort of getting signed to Death Jam. Yeah. So yeah. that was sort of our mission of where we sort mm. of wanted to go. It was, I mean, the, the production on so, it was like, also, Yeah, plus also like, you had like, um, so RDB sound was very, very, very garish. Yes. You know, the album and, and what they were representing was yeah. very garish. Then like, if you go towards the Midlands, you had more of, a little bit of a Desi and hip hop sound. So Punjabi yeah. MC, Dr. Yeah. Zeus, Sand, yeah, that kind of stuff. All that so for London, for us, it was quite important that, that we had something of our own, you know, like while we were garage and, you know, we were, cut, we were doing that kind of sound. I think for us, the, the fusion between R and B and, and, and Indian music, Asian yeah. music and Desi music was like the winner for yes. us. So like when Good Peralia came about, that yeah. like, that was the one that people were like, Oh yeah, yeah. This is the it was vibe, the vibe man. Like, it was such. A, it had that R and B. It had that P Diddy kind of uh, that R and B kind of flex yeah, yeah, there. That like, it was. Yeah. It was. It yeah. could be played in your car chilling, or it, it could be played in a club on loudspeakers and it still sound fat. Like it was. Yeah. It was a. It was a great tune. It was smooth. It was man. It was a smooth <laughs> tune. And it just. It was. It was smooth. And I think a lot. Of the you know, it's really great to have this conversation with you guys about the the kind of the 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 roots of your sound because. You know, what you guys did back then was make Punjabi music a lot more accessible to a new audience. And, I, and like, you know, I, we, me and Chance talk about it all the time. I, I didn't grow up listening to like Bhangra music or anything like that. Didn't really have much of a Asian influence in my household when it came to listening to music until you guys started coming out. That was my, you, you brought me, you, you gave me the kind of like the, the accessibility to say, oh, okay, 
this is interesting now. I was never interested in it before, but now I'm interested. So it kind of worked both ways where you, you know, you brought it to a new generation of, of, of our people, but you also took it yeah. outside of our, it's not just the our thing in this little box anymore. Yeah. Like anyone can listen to this music and it raised the scope. And I think like, it, did oh, yeah. you have that in mind? Yeah, when no, you doing it? Did you, did you realize kind of the impact yeah. of that? It, it, this I could mean, go that's, bigger than, that's, than that's kind of like why community. it your worked because while the garage sound was, was, yeah. was, you know, taken off and that was all working and all the rest of it, you know, I think that just having an R&B stroke indie, you know, song on there, having like these kind of more R&B type songs on there, kind of just threw it to a different, a, a different place. You know, there, there wasn't much of that going on. Yeah. You know, if you think of like that time of 2000, no. there was either you were rocking hit, hard hip hop mm. beats with Bhangra music, or you're doing like garage. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing in between that. Absolutely. And yeah. at the time, yeah. you know, we we yeah, were yeah. we were listening to, you know, Trevor Nelson and going to those yeah. parties where it was R and B dominated. So yeah, that was a yeah, like you know that that's that's mm. that's what it was. Mm. So it was natural, I think, for us to just bring that straight through and and you know make sure it was represented. Timing timing was perfect because that those two thousand and you know two thousand and one that kind of time was when oh, yeah, R&B yeah. was probably at its best as well, like really, really firing. Yeah. So the timing couldn't have been any better because you had, like, you know, you look back yeah. now and you think you of the Usher. Yeah, 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 you think of 112 and Next and, yeah, Usher. And everyone was going on. So, like, the timing could have been because everyone was just lapping this stuff up. So to be able to combine it with something else, that just I, just I just look back and think, man, that the yeah. timing could have been any better because that was R&B at its best. I don't think it's have, had a... A golden moment, yeah. like no, like, it definitely hasn't. But I think what's a testament as well is that you could you could see the knowledge of that you brought with urban music through your music, right? And obviously that that started paying dividends because you brought the mold and and you helped launch BBC One Extra with the Desi Beat Show. There, they, mm-hmm. they were just coming through. You guys got a Desi Beat Show on a black radio station, basically, which w- was absolutely yeah. massive, especially in two thousand and two when when. I guess the mainstream wasn't really taking Indian or in music of Indian origin really seriously. So for two brown guys or four brown guys to be to be on the airways on the beat. Right, exactly. Like three brown guys, one white oh, guy. Yeah. Well, he's, he's as good as brown, really. I mean, he. Get it right, he man. <laughs> <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you, you reverse that whole token yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, it's usually the token I mean, Asian like, person. So, so going back to Shinji's question, I think that um, that was really, really important. But it wasn't just important for us, it was important for how we were perceived in, in, in mainstream audience. You know, BBC has always been like this, this amazing thing that the UK has. And, you know, to have now a black music on a black music station coming from that, we were happy about that because we were like, yo, now we can get to tune in to hear our favorite R&B, yeah. hip hop, garage, yeah. all of this kind of stuff in one place. Mm-hmm. But then for them to like go, actually, while we're on this topic of pushing our music, we want to push your music because... Our portfolio, our portfolio is diverse, Amazing. you know, and then we're coming in there with, you know, what is now a multiracial crew, you know, is we were Punjabi hit squad, yeah. but, you know, Mark knew how to speak Punjabi mm. and he understood the songs and he, he knew the artists and, you know, D and I came with that as well. And we had music, everything all just came together. It, it just became a more accessible thing that, that this is, great music to listen to and it doesn't matter what color you are where you are you can get into yeah, this 100 percent. and yeah. that's what that's what really you guys represent isn't it you know it's it's kind of like and you know sometimes when you put a 
a word like Punjabi in your name, it kind of like feels like, oh, it's only for the, those kind of people. But actually, you've done, you guys have done an amazing job with your brand, making it stand for something yeah. bigger than one, you know, one mm-hmm. type of person. It's I mean, everyone. The P- Punjabi bit of our name is just who yes. we are, right? Swedish house mafia. Yeah. 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 They're Swedish. Yeah, it's not Swedish music, yeah. is it? Yeah. Right? yeah. They're not saying Glockenspiel right, right. everywhere yeah, you go. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so true. Our, our aim is that we're Punjabi, we make hits, and we're a squad. And that's how it comes together. Yeah. Now, how, yeah. where, however we make that music, yeah. whether it be hip hop, R&B, garage, jungle, whatever you want, we want to make sure that that strand was representing somewhere along yeah. the line. That, and and that that's always mm. all it's ever mm. ever been, mm. and and obviously uh, the following year yeah, in two thousand and two yeah. you uh, you released the streets. That was a uh, for me that was one of the best Punjabi hit squad albums in my opinion. It was defining for me the reason why I started. Defining, I, yeah. I started on the scene around that time, and obviously Hi Hi was the big tune on there. Like like D said, you uh, so you could tell us more. D, how do you, mm. so? Miss Scandalous was working in one of the record shops. I, I've actually heard that before but how did it come about actually getting her into the studio and and creating this amazing tune that, oh, that went oh but before this happens there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a like a line of timeline okay that you have to get through right, yeah okay. yeah so, there's a lot that happened before we got okay that starts from the beginning right? start from the record shop all right <laughs> so basically we we had completed the album right so the first track on there was joanny met some yeah. tricks um we had we had already been playing high high the vocal over um, some garage stuff in the clubs and it was going down like really great and all the rest mm-hmm. of it. So we already had this. So Mark came to us and he was like, look guys, um, let's put a Desi version of Hi Hi yep. on there. So cool. We did the Desi yep. version. Now Desi version was complete. We were happy with the album where it was going to go. And then, um, and then I'll, I, I remember like I picked up like, I don't know, maybe like it might've been like a DMX or something kind of some album at mm-hmm. the time. And I was like, do you know what? We only got like nine songs on there. We need to get one more song, man. Like, what kind of a number is yeah. nine? Like we need to get. Like, <laughs> so Mark said, Mark was like, "Look, mm. let's just put a remix of High High yeah. on." So I was like, "Okay, cool." And then literally, I was like, "Well, what I'm going to do remix?" We didn't have much time. I think like we had maybe three or four days before. Like the record label were like, "Yo, you got to come in now and deliver this album. It's going for mastering, all the rest of it." So um, I literally just got like, got some loops together, put them together, put the higher vocal on it, and just basically prayed. So then when I got to the studio to like do this, and back then I was working on like at home on acid yeah, yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that and just trying to get things going. So when I got to the studio, like um, it just it just worked. It, it, yeah. it came out. And then I did the bits for it. And then um, like obviously the high-high bit comes in and all the rest of it. And then the breakdown happens. Then the breakdown happens. And then there was just like, well, oh, what no. the hell do I play mm-hmm. here? Is it music? So originally we had like Algozi and stuff. Like it was like a music yeah, piece yeah, in the middle yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. And then so what? And I think I said to like Cam at the time, I said, Cam, you know what? Can you do me a favor? Give me the give me the bit that has like the Agoze and the Dumbies and all the rest of it. But can you do me a favor? Could you take that off as well and just give me empty bits just in case? I said, you know what? I'm not sure if Mark's gonna turn around and say something weird or whatever to me about this, but just give me the just give me the the um instrumental as well. I was like, cool. So when I got back, I was like, yo, D, listen. Um we like, like me. We produced the track, but then I think D couldn't get to the studio that day, so I ended up mixing the track with Cam. And then um, I got back and I was like, "Yo, no, D, what when do you we think? say Cam, is that Cam Frantic?" 
Cam Pratchett, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. been there. Whenever so, he really mentions Cam, yeah, it's always good. Legend, legend, legend. <laughs> yeah, legend, absolute legend. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, when I got back, yeah. um, I played the like the version with Logos in. I think the general consensus was that, that was shit. So um, we decided to um, like D was like, all right, we need an MC now. So I was like, D, we'll be great if we have a female MC. And I always do this to D. He even knows. He even admit to you, yeah. I'll say something to him that is virtually impossible to do at that time. And he'll rack his brain to figure out how to do it and he'll get it done. Thick. Now, if I said to DD, you know what? Right now, we need to make a million pounds out of selling sand. Can I get involved in that? Hold on. Let me go get my pen and paper. D, let's change this whole change the interview, man. Look at this scenario, yeah? Right? You're talking 2001, 2002. We've got Garage Song. Yeah, and mind you, yeah, garage music is already coming to its natural end of cycle at this moment in time. Yeah, so solid and all the rest of it. Like they're already mm. telling off a little bit, right? We have this song. I'm saying to D, I need an MC that can spit garage lyrics, and also I want it to be a female. Yeah, that's a needle in a haystack at yeah, that absolutely. time. Mm. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of female artists out around that yeah, time either. Yeah. Yeah. And like like Rav's saying, this was like track this was track no. 10 on the album. And the reason why it was in such a rush as well, because when mm. you're distributing around that time with CDs and tapes, you've given all the shops dates. Yes. You have to stick yeah, by absolutely. those dates because they're all waiting for your delivery. Yeah, yeah. posters mm. up mm. everything. Mm. So we had to do this in like super speed. And then right. it, yeah, and, and I said, PD, you know what? This is what we need. Man. I don't know what happened, but D ends up going to Metro Music, I think it is. And yeah, because around that time as well, we had a distribution company. Yeah. We had a lot of stuff going yeah. on. So anyway, I went into Metro Music and I was talking to them and looking for some vinyl and some music at the same time as well. So while I was in there, uh, Miss Scandalous was, uh, was in there. So I started chatting to her and I was like, all right, so what do you do? She goes, I'm an MC. I was like, no way. Divine. <laughs> on the spot, I said... I was like, yeah, I've got to check. So yeah, I said, go yeah. stick me some bars in the shop. So she put something on 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 um, one of the tape players and CD players. The next thing, you know, she started speaking bars. I was like, wow, you're kind of good. I rang Rav up. I was like, Rav, I think I found an MC. I found a needle. Like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, no shut yeah. up. Man. What are you talking about? I said, I swear that thing. She sounds kind of cool as well. And next thing you know, <laughs> before you knew it, like two days later, Rav, she was in the studio recording her parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad. Yeah. Absolutely you know, mad. It was a rap. You yeah. know what? That, that, it, it's all yeah. these things oh, that actually made the tune. All these elements, these, uh, and even the journey that people don't know about it, that goes into it. It makes it a little bit sweeter when the when the tune comes out, and you think, you know what? It, it's an absolute hit, and it blew up Miss Scandalous. I mean, she was she was great on on screen on the video as well. I think I think um, I heard you the first Asian video to reach number one on MTV Base or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So the MP, MTV Base chart was going on then. And then that got to number one. And then it was also Channel U at the time Channel as well. Smash, yeah. And then it was like, I think it got to like number two on Channel U because I think like N-dubs or someone was just like... They were, ki- they were killing it. it by then. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it, 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 you know. Yeah. It was a big moment. Like yeah. yeah. It was yeah. such a... It was things like that. MTV. Really... Sorry, right? Yeah. Go on. No, I was going to say, it's just things like that that, um, that just show like, it, it kind of gave us a... Um, the, the power to kind of keep on pushing and keep on doing more of it you know what we were doing was right that's 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 what it was 100% yeah and that obviously led on to to really big things with, and being signed, signed yeah. to Def Jam as well 
um, for Desi Beats Volume 1, a compilation uh, of hip-hop tunes as well as some of your own music <laughs> in for good, for good measure there. But I th- did you re-release Hi Hi under Def Jam as well? And then yeah. I, did, I, I think I also had, yes. was it sampled on Jay-Z's... Um, one of Jay Z song, I think it was sampled as well, wasn't it? Higher, higher, yeah. I mean, yes. that is higher. massive. Higher. Come on, let, come on, guys. Yeah, couple, couple, uh, four lads from Southall, basically, mm. or West London, yeah, yeah. doing your thing in the Punjabi music scene, making tracks, and then getting discovered by one a major label, Def Jam, huge, and also being sampled on it on a Jay Z tune. This is, this is massive. This is yeah. Punjabi MC esque. This is big stuff. That must yeah. have been a great experience for you guys and a great time. Do you know what? It was. It was like a. It was like we were living a dream, really, because the only time we saw a Def Jam logo was when it was on vinyl. Absolutely, man. Mm. That was the only time. Yeah. Like, Def Jam was America. It yeah. was like the biggest stars you could ever see. It was like the Jay-Zs, the DMXs, all yeah. um, and all of that. So yeah. it was just like being, like, I remember yeah, getting signed to Def Jam. Me and Rab were just like, wow. And then next thing you know, we had a vinyl with a high-high on there with Def Jam. Which that's that's got to be worth some money, right, Rav? Come on, man. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you got man. any kicking stop, about? Sending this one. Selling it on the black market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go on eBay right now. I'll tell you how much. It's no, that's from. It's, it was so defining. I mean, seeing that as well. Okay, the compilation album was fantastic, but then you became the like go-to remixes. You did you did remixes, Mariah Carey, Ashanti, Bobby Valentino, all that kind of stuff, and it was it was massive. So th- this production that you were also involved in. And then working with these artists on the remixes was really giving you some massive credibility in the scene in around 2003, 2004. And this coincided with a massive movement that was happening in the UK with the British Asian music. You had the likes of Rishi Rich, who, were, who was killing it with the project and stuff like that. And then really started seeing some big stuff. But then I think the most fantastic thing about it all for me was you got nominated for Best Club DJ by, at the Mobos. 2004. Yeah, this is yeah. music of black origin, don't forget. Right? So this is, this is mm. you've been on one extra, mm. broken the mold there, but now you're getting nominated yeah, yeah. by the Mobos. This is, you must have been riding a wave, man. Like, and, and, and the hard I mean, work was paying off. And it's what you were three years deep into Punjabi Hit Squad and all this success was coming. I mean, that's what it was. I think that we, I, I've said this on Twitter as well, that um, Asian music, especially the music that we create, owes so much to black music. Really? So, and the reason why that I might say that from our point of view yeah. is because the way that we've been accepted by black musicians, black DJs, black corporations, mm. um, black companies is has been fantastic for us. You know, it it they, they you know they've always helped us reach goals, and you know you don't see much of that. Yeah. You know, nowadays when when you, you see that everyone's mm. after themselves, mm. but you know to have. A black music station put, you know, uh, three guys on called Punjabi Hit Squad, mm. who then are playing Bhangra music, you know, on this show to go from having one show a month to go and having a Monday night show at twelve o'clock yeah. midnight to have ratings out of the roof at midnight. You're talking exactly. about right, and to then go then put that put us on from ten o'clock on a Thursday, which again is prime time slot. Yeah, absolutely, right. Now that was like, okay, cool. You know, we are accepted and we are running with this because we, you know, we are at the forefront of this. Now to have, again, Def Jam to have been accepting us in the same way, you know, and then to have MOBO Awards. Now, if you think about MOBO Awards, you're talking about DJs who are 
you know, the best at what they do. You know, absolutely. People that we were nominated against that year: Tim Westwood, Rampage, Man- Manny Norte, Shorty mm. um, Blitz. I think Shorty oh, Blitz was yeah. there as well. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. Shorty Blitz is the reason why that I got yeah, into hip hop yeah. music DJing. Yeah. Right. Tim Westwood is who you used to hear on a Friday and Saturday radio night on the yeah. radio to get right. Manny Norte, really great friend. Rampage yeah, yeah. used to go to Notting Hill Carnival to go listen to yeah. Rampage. Yeah. And you're telling us that now we're in the same mm. category. <laughs> This is now. This is something different. Yeah. This is like, yeah. yo, you know what I'm saying. And that's why, like, it didn't matter if we yeah. won or lost. We were already winning because we were already considered as as in in as peers in the same group. Absolutely, you know. And that and and that is peers, always been like. Peers to them. If yeah, there's one yeah, award that yeah. we didn't get, but I was happy to be nominated, it was that award there. Yeah, I mean, but let, let's let's yeah. not forget in in the same year. You got best specialist radio mm. show at the the UK Asian Music Awards as well, and you won it yeah, the following yeah, year yeah. as well. So let's not forget. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's great being recognised within the mobile category, but even within the, yeah. our own subculture and and Asian music, you were still being recognised and you're still being awarded. I mean, it's still a massive, massive, massive achievement. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, also the the see before the the um, the AMA Awards award shows were a little bit weird. Yeah. They were really not concentrating on bringing anything new. They were, um, they were nominate. The nomination process was not mm. great. The award shows were not great. The award shows looked like weddings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, of course, it looked like everyone was playing five aside football, <laughs> you know, at some point, you know. So now this change happened where in the <laughs> same way that we were taking it seriously about where we were pushing the music, you now had another brand and another company that was, passionate about pushing and and celebrating music. So when the Amber Awards came about, you know, they had um, Hammersmith Palais, yeah. Table Service. Yeah. They made it out as good as what the Mobos were doing. Obviously, the Mobos had been going for quite a long time, so now they're on a bigger mm. scale. But this was fantastic. Again, you're in the now, you're in a room mm. where your peers are competing at the same level. So Rishi Rich, Jay Sean, Ragov, uh, RDB, um, all of these people that are together in one room, and you know you can look over and go, yeah, cool, that guy's doing something very, very special. Yeah. He's doing something very special, you know. So all of these things just elevated everything. You know, they all came at the correct. I think time. you're right. I, I think, and it's not a coincidence. I don't think. I think the reason why the the industry amplified during that time is because of all of these elements, like you said, Ragav smashing it, Jay Sean smashing it, Richie Rich, Juggy D. All them boys, RDB were doing extremely well. Started uh, started going across the pond to India and stuff as well, and doing really good. And I think <clears> that was probably around the time Manj went over to Canada and they started breaking a lot of the mold there. But music was it was yeah. rich. British Asian music culture was so rich around that time. And then obviously awards celebrating you guys as best specialist radio show, absolutely amazing. Everybody that that won them awards that uh, during that two thousand five uh, kind of era went on to do massive things and, and, and they were pioneers of the industry. But the following year, Marky Mark left uh, to pursue a career with the yeah. BBC. And Ammo went uh, on and in a different career path. So the team was cut down by 50%. Was there a point there where you thought, okay, what what's happening with those guys? What what are we going to do? Are we going to continue? Or do we, do we go? Was that ever in question at any point? Or what was your thought process about... Um, about cutting the team by 50%, basically. 
I mean, I think it's always been like a case of um, we always had a discussion. We always it was always a case of we're talking about this. It was never like a thing that like you know we'd wake up and somebody be talking about statements about our private life out there. You know, to say Marky Mark has left or anything like that. This was a conversation. Mm. And again, it wasn't a conversation coming from a bad place. It was a conversation coming about elevating. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't a case of somebody leaving and saying, well, you guys mm. do whatever you want to do. I'm out. It was a case of that, guys, I'm doing this. You know, what What? What are you guys going to mm. do? You know, and at the time, D and I were just comfortable with saying, yeah, man, we're still rolling on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that, that's, that's all it was. And, you know, and like yeah. I said, like, I don't think there's ever been uh, there's ever been a, a time where we've thought, uh, maybe now is is a time that we need to kind of do something. Di- no, it's just, I think it's always been a case of our music is still firing. There's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be in a position to keep on pushing yeah. this, you know. Um, so yeah, you know that that cut down by fifty percent, but then it meant that we went into overdrive and we were a hundred. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, now. picking up. That right. extra, that extra workload, but yeah, that- yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, I think, like Russ said, we went into overdrive. We signed a few artists. We had um, Alicia, yeah. and that's when we sort of signed Alicia, and we sort of came with Bollywood. And mm. um, me and Rav sort of knew what we mm. sort of wanted to do with her and where we sort of wanted to go. Mm. And um, yeah, so we signed her, and then we started working on her album. Yes, yeah, so, and so then that's, still that's what I wanted to come on to as well. D uh, is yeah. that. You coined this term Desi Beats really early on and you pioneered that and you drove it forward. But then Bollyhood kind of came around. So mm. I think it's no coincidence that around this time, that so let's say 2006, 2007, British Asian music were doing great. There may have been a slight dip in the industry, people going off in different directions, and Bollywood was massive. It was coming through with some really, really good music around the time. So to to use that urban influence and bring it in and bring it for other people's ears was was quite ingenious, really. And obviously... Subsequently, Alicia um, signed on to you guys and you released the single Pyarogia, which did really, really well yeah. and was a fantastic song. I think it was in the top 20 charts on a couple of charts for at least five or six weeks. So it, it was really yeah. doing uh, some bits on on the scene. And obviously then you released her album in, in 2008 and that was a, a smash as well with some great tunes. So... What did that kind of do for you, moving from the Dissy Beats to the to the Bollyhood? Did you feel as if it was giving you a wider appeal in the in the scene and showed a different side to your craft that you could not just merge Punjabi music because you're a Punjabi hit squad, but you could do it on the Bollywood side as well? Yeah, I mean, initially, I think what happened was is that um, we released Miss Scandalous' album, mm-hmm. and on there featured Alicia. Yeah. So, um, so when Miss Scandalous was like set and going doing whatever mm. we were like right cool let's let's now work with Alicia and again the the Bollywood term came about was because um Dina went over to India and we saw that there was you know a, a, an opening for you know music to be merged and all the rest of it you know so we ended up just basically coming back and going right cool you know what can we give this name and what can we push it as because everyone loved, loved a little bit of a name yeah. tag so we came up with Bollywood and the first song we were like right cool Alicia's already on uh, Miss Candice's album let's put out a song with us and us and Alicia and um, let's see what we can do and actually it was it was a uh, like a heat builder we just wanted it just to basically go like cool we got more stuff coming from Alicia but let's just put this out the way it is yeah. 
Um, and then we made PR hold, yeah? And then all of a sudden, people were like, hold on, where's the doll? Where's the thumbi? What, what's going on? Like, there were questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then what, what there were not questions about was how banging this record Absolutely. was. Because it was at the same time, like, I have that whole crunk, mm. 808s, all yeah. of that coming into one and having uh Ruya sung and all like all of that together, again, we just needed something to keep it rolling and, and you know that's and that's why there was like at least at least like a, a two year gap between us releasing Pyorogia and the album coming out was because we didn't know it was gonna be that, that much of a success. Yeah. When it was one of those things like whenever we thought that, all right, cool, the light is dimming on this song, we need to come out with another song, some somewhere else it will get picked mm. up. And then you just start the process yeah. again. You know, at some point then it was like America that picked up on mm. the song. And then it was France, Germany. So that kept us so busy. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes you're working so hard on one thing. It, mean, it meant that we were touring so much with the songs, with us, Alicia and Scandalous, that it kept us out of yeah, the studio. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and now, you know, and, and then that that's what took mm. the time, you know. And again, when we want to come out with a song with Alicia, we want to make and an album with Alicia, we want to make sure that it was the right type of album, one that represented both sounds, you know, both us and her. And that album, I think a lot, there's a lot, quite a lot of big artists that listened to that album and thought, hold up, there's hardly no Indian instruments on yeah. there. Is this a change? Mm. I could actually do an album with no Indian instruments on there. And there's a bunch of artists that obviously I I'm not going to name, but they used to listen to that album quite a lot. Mm. And they sort of built their album listening to that, thinking, hold up, we could go out and do an album with no Indian instrumentation and just have Punjabi vocals. Well, I think, I think and I think it was a change. It was a change massive, for the industry massively, at the same time as well. Massively. I think yeah. music cyclical as well. We say it all the time yeah. and it comes back and forth. Yeah. I mean, right now, if you look at the industry, there's a lot of music coming out and there's not a doll or a thumbi in sight. It's all it's all over hip hop beats yeah. that kind of thing. It's all yeah. it's all coming back and I think um Pretty Cells were actually introducing that on a on a Bollywood level and Hindi kind of level as well. Because like you said, it did give you wider appeal because it may not have given you the exposure in France, Germany and them kind of places as easily yeah. um as Punjabi music yeah. would have been and, and maybe the the previous tracks did. But but all the while this great success and, and you guys doing what you're doing you then made the switch as well around that time from one extra to, to asian network obviously i think i think mark was the head of asian network at at the time uh um, was he no he wasn't the head at that okay. time but uh, he was at the beat was he no, at he asian was, network at the time he was at asian yeah. network i think he was part of playlist at that time right he was head of playlist so um yeah he wasn't um he wasn't heading asian network at that, that time still must have been great because um, now the specialist station has come up right Focus on yeah. Asian music, but do you think that your introduction into to Bollywood music and your Punjabi side kind of give gave you the perfect fit for the Asian network that you could appeal to to a mass audience here and you wasn't quite specialist? You guys could, could do both. Maybe, I mean, I haven't really, I haven't really thought about it in that kind of way, mm. but I think what what Asian network needed was they had great presenters yeah. but they didn't have a link that went from the radio to a club yeah. and we were that link so what ended up right. happening is that when we got onto the yeah. when we got onto the network our whole vibe was bringing the club to the radio yeah. 
So, and that's where we found success. We found success because mm. we knew the people that we were playing to directly in a club was listening to us directly on the radio. And, you know, we could, we could, we could bring more listeners in if we had that vibe. Plus, we were different to everything else that was on the Asian mm. network. It would be a bit weird if we sounded like Bobby Friction and we played like Bobby yeah. Friction. Or, you know, if we were doing things in the same way, like, say, Noreen yeah. Khan was mm. or Sonia Diol was or things like that. You know, everyone had their, their space about what they were Absolutely. doing. We, we created our own. And that's where we were winning with it. Basically. So, so mm. important. Uh, so important because, like you said, Bobby Friction and Hal were on the BBC. Um some years before that and then Bobby Friction left and then he went to the Asian Network and obviously Nahal continued on Radio 1 but you guys were kind of I think you could is it fair to say you were what Tim Westwood was to Radio 1 you kind of created that that club feel you were playing that that great music that got people in the mood and the vibe and you were you were bringing you were bringing two worlds Good together basically the club and the, the Bollywood yeah. and Punjabi lovers and stuff like that. And you brought it to the radio. And you've still been doing it for what fifteen years after that as well. You still- I mean, that's what it was. No. I think. Mm. Yeah, go yeah, on. No, I was going to say that. Yeah, you know, like um, that's what it was. We were we were reflecting what exactly was going on in our lives. Yeah. We were spending our times in clubs with students with yeah. that, that that age uh, yeah. that generation of people. We were there, so it was only right that we were representing that on the radio. Yeah. And I we'll, can say we'll, that Bobby Friction yeah. mm. like is doing something different mm. to us. Yeah. And yeah, so forth. So yeah, man, it, it worked 100%, man. We were popping bottles in clubs. We were copying trainers. We were doing all of that. That's what we were talking about on radio. And you know what? That so basically we were doing... Yeah. 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 This is the thing. The, 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 what came across really well with, with you guys is it felt like you could tune into you guys and feel like, man, I, like even if you hadn't seen you play in the club, you could feel like, I, I know, the, I know these guys, you know, like it wasn't just that, like, I could imagine partying with these guys. They're in the club. They're doing the thing you were bringing. Like you said, I think you said it really well. You're bringing the club to the radio, but you're bringing that urban scene to the radio. And again, like you did with your music many years before, you're making things more accessible because like, Oh, I can listen to that because I've had that experience. It's not like, I'm not sure I connect, you know, great presenters everywhere. Not sure I connect with that presenter or that presenter doesn't get me because they're not in the same phase of life that I am. But listening to you guys, it's like, nah, yeah, I mean, man, I'm, we, we, this is we, what I do every the week. The thing that I like to say what is we were, week anyway, we were so local or international brings, at the same time. Together. You know, you'd see us catch a flight to go out to um, yeah. LA to go and DJ for someone. And then you could also catch us on a Friday night at your local pub eating a mixed grill. Really? You know, <laughs> and exactly. you know, the yeah, and yeah, also, yeah, 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 two yeah. things I love. Um, but, but also, um, you know, the, the the respect that we have for the music and the culture mm. always came across, you know. So, like, you know, we were just talking about mm. B2 earlier, yeah, about yeah. how B2, um, you know, you had a great conversation with mm. him. And, and like, before I even got into a studio with B2, because B2 played on our first mm. album, um, I know B2 from from great Indian dancers. Yeah. yeah. I looked at him and we like, yo man, he's a, he's a wicked Thumbi mm-hmm. player, you know, and we used to go chat to him. So now when I go and meet those people, they're not, we're not, we're not on a level as being like, oh, you're Punjabi, here's going and you'll be too. We're just taking it back to that time when we weren't. Yeah, nothing. 100%. You know, and then that, that goes with Zeus. Yeah. And that goes with all the people that yeah, we know yeah, in the yeah. industry in a certain way, a certain form, that the conversation that we will have 
will more than likely probably not be music. Yeah. Because Absolutely. the music, we, we, we know we, we're famous from yeah. the music. We know that we, yeah, we yeah, have come yeah. this far because of the music. But, you know, we will tell you about uh, 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 stories with Punjabi MC. Once we went to Punjabi, Punjabi MC's house and we were DJing and he was like, yo, boys, we hungry. He said, yeah, cool, let's go get... He's like, listen, I've got some pizzas. Let's put them in the oven. Mm. Go downstairs, put some pizzas in the oven. We get upstairs and then... Um, the thing about us in Punjabi machine, we always love hip hop music. Yeah. I love the art of DJing, scratching. And 40 minutes later, smoke. Smoke. <laughs> His kitchen's Rising nearly on fire. <laughs> yeah. We nearly set the brother's kitchen on fire, man. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Right? Not even with the tunes or DJ. Literally. So when we see Punjabi MC, our conversation isn't about, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, when's your new music coming out? It's about, yo, remember, mate, we nearly set your house yeah. on fire, man. Like, I think I think that's a testament <laughs> to the to the length of your career, and obviously, <laughs> I think between two thousand and two thousand and ten, it was we could call it a heyday, couldn't we? Like the clubs were in full force, the music was in full yeah. force, the amount of output from the industry during that time was massive, and obviously, you can't help but share these experiences, you know. And obviously, the gigs yeah. with multiple people on the lineup, like you'll know, like the the amount of gigs that were were happening and. I, I used to work a lot with Untouchables doing gigs and, and events and stuff like that. The lineups were huge. Oh, wow. Everybody was was there, yeah. man. Everybody was everybody was just together and it was it was crazy. Yeah, there used to be kickoffs and stuff like that, but that was a part of the culture, really. <laughs> but what we're saying is is that it was it was so big that you can't help but feel like you've kind of like brothers in war kind of thing. That time you're gonna you're gonna talk about your experiences and you almost feel like a, a brotherhood with all these other artists. See, I think, yeah. I think the one thing that people forget to understand is that this industry is big enough for everyone. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some people just forgot about that. They yeah. thought it was about them. Yeah. And it's never about them when you're talking about a culture mm. and mm. the music. Absolutely. So we knew that very, very early on. Yeah. Our, our, our success as Punjabi Hit Squad has involved two or three different things. But one of them has been radio. Let's just say, yeah. Now, radio, 99% of the music we would play on there wouldn't be our songs. Yeah. So the radio show was a success because of other people's music. Yeah, I think that's great if we didn't story. have Punjabi MC's Mundial Dabachke, if we didn't have Dr. Zeus's Arnie Gurie, mm. if we didn't have RDB's Putsadara there, if we didn't have Mitch Trick, if I didn't have... Um, uh, saying if I did, if I didn't have any of these songs, mm-hmm. my radio show probably wouldn't be as great. No. So this is where the point of where we're fortunate to yeah. still be here is because we understand that it's not about one thing; it's about the movement mm-hmm. that you create and how you go forward. Like you said, it, when you're if you're just on your ones about this, you're never going to get that far. You know, you mm-hmm. have to have allies when you're when you're going through this. You know, and it's no. tough enough navigating. Uh, and uh, a sound like Asian music sound through what's going on in music right now. But, you know, you have to have people around you, man, to create more and more opportunity. You know, we, when we when we had Hi Hi in the club, there was also uh, Dr. Zeus's Arnie Gurie playing with that. There was, um, you know, all of these songs at the same time. You know, Rishi Rich Project, you, you had uh, um, uh, Dance yeah. With You, Juggy, you know, like you had all of these things at the same time. So when we were walking into Def Jam, we weren't just working in with one song. We were walking in with a record box. Yeah, absolutely. They saw that. Yeah. They didn't buy 
Napoleon to us, they bought into the, the yeah, culture and yeah. the scene. That's what that's the main thing people forget, man. And even when we even when we done the mix CD for Def Jam, mm. for us, that's it was a, more about celebrating our culture. Point, it wasn't about us, yeah, Punjabi hit squad, yeah, we're here now, or whatever. Yeah. It was about right, okay, cool, we're here now. How do we bring everyone else in? How do we bring RDB? Yeah. How do we bring Punjabi MC? How do we get all of their songs on this compilation? Because yeah. at the end of the day, yeah, absolutely, you're right, D. It wasn't. It wasn't just about us. It was about the whole movement, like Rav said, and that's what it was about for us. Yeah, I, I think. I think that that is ingrained in. I think for me, anyway, DJ culture. As a DJ, I if if I produce my own songs, I wouldn't go to a gig and, and play just my own music. I mean, what DJ just plays his own mm. music, right? You want to go and you want to celebrate the music that you're you're representing, basically, and that's that's the point. And that's why me and Mac we're constantly. People say, oh, well, what kind of music do you play and stuff? And we just say, we, we do it for the culture. Whatever the culture is representing, the music that's represented by the culture, we'll play it because we want to celebrate it and, uh, and elevate it uh, more importantly as well. And obviously a few years went by, you guys were, were doing great on the, on the radio and, and you were smashing it on the Asian network. And obviously 2012, you released Essential Desi, which was effectively a greatest hits album to an extent. It was your, your greatest music all together in, in one album. Mm. And, but the following year you released World Famous as well, which obviously, yeah. personally, I saw that as a, as an album to that kind of expanded your international reach as well. Wasn't quite mm. for my ears because that wasn't the music that I was listening to, but it was definitely, you could see there was great music in it that would really appeal to your international audiences. Was that kind of the feel behind it? Or was it, was there something, or did you feel as if the industry and the sound was changing and you wanted something that represented that? D, if you want to go, um, yeah, go on, D. You you you, you can answer this. <laughs> I think I think with that album, I think we were looking at more of an international market at the yeah. same time as well. Mm. I think we we catered for the UK. Mm. We were doing our thing here. We were from out here, but we could see the markets getting bigger all across the yeah. globe. So, like for us, it was like when we were even recording that album. I remember we had tracks with like Sandy Surinder. Uh, just been the Narula. So we sort of crossed, we went across everything. We had the sort of Desi stuff on there. But I think um, when there was one track that we were doing on there that we were working on and we were trying to get a vocalist for it. And then someone mentioned Lahad Fatih Khan. Yeah. And then um, that was an artist that we were yeah. trying to get hold of. Mm, massive. And it was a bit of a process. Mm. But then it came through. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? And then we started looking at that and we started looking at the international market. Mm. And that's where we sort of wanted to go with that album at the same time yeah. as well. And all across and that's where it took us. Like with the track like Dil Mira, it's it's like a timeless piece of yeah. work, but it was fresh as mm. well. And Rahat had never been on that sort of wave before. Mm -hmm. And with us, when we're working with artists, we don't want to do the normal slow jam. No. We want to take them out of their comfort yeah. zone. And that's what I think it was when we done the song with Rahat. Yeah. Sorry, the one the reason why I'm talking about that is just because for me, and I think Rav as well, that was just like a standout and a big moment for us to do a song with such a massive, massive artist like that. Massive. I mean, around yeah. that time, I think, yeah, definitely around that time, he was he was touring the world. He was, he was yeah. in every, Look, every country. He was fantastic and such a talent as well. But we, we recorded that song before he popped off. Even better. Yeah. Even better. So before he started doing these 12,000 capacity yeah, shows yeah. up and down the country and internationally, we, we, I think we recorded that song a year before that. Brilliant. And then after Plus, that, he really sort of blew up. Yeah. Plus also going back to your question, Chen, that um, were we conscious about we were going for a different sound? Yeah. 
because the album name suggests yeah. that, mm. right? Royal Famous. Mm. And that that name came to us mm. via one of our friends. And they were like, uh, it was actually Manny Norte said to us, yo, you lot are world famous now. We were like, <laughs> oh yeah. Because that I think, sounds all right. <laughs> yeah, that sounds all right. Because, you know, yeah. we, we were we were touring parts yeah, of the world yeah, yeah. that we had never been yeah. to before. We'd never been to Australia. I remember when we got a phone call to say, can you guys come out to Australia as a DJ? We thought there was going to be 100, 200 people mm. there. You know, we're going to spend two weeks doing four dates in Australia. We get to the first day, 2,000 people. Get to a second day, 3,000 mm. people. Loving UK Pangra music. Absolutely. Now this, and they, like, they knew who we were. Yeah. That was the yeah. most, probably the most shocking part. Because I remember <laughs> when is- we landed, I was like, yo, Rad, man, we've just come. <laughs> like 24-hour flight. I landed at night. I said, bro, I'm depressed, man. <laughs> I said, we, we've come all this way. We're going to probably be playing to no one. And then yeah. first, first spot we hit was Perth. And there was 2,000 people in this club. It was insane. Mad. Mad. It was no. madness. That's sick, man. And, wow. uh, you know, you look at that and then we were in Dubai at the same That's time crazy. as well. You know, so getting... And music should always be this. You should be always influenced by your surroundings. And at the time, you know, we were in Dubai, we were having all of these yeah. influences come through and we were just like, look, man, we've got to create an album that reaches further than what our UK fan base yeah. is. Um, and that's kind of how the Raw Hut thing came about was mm. that we were like, we need a song that you can play in the summer that has that uh, international appeal. And that's that's how that worked, man. Not one Pete. Not two Pete. It's the three P. Okay, guys. So this is the part of the show that we call the three P, where you can play three tracks over again, over and over, no matter where you are, whether you're in the shower, in the car, uh, no matter what you're doing. These are three tunes that we want everybody to learn your musical personality. So, Rav, why don't you give me the first one? Um, so, of course, like we've pre-planned this a little bit, so I already know what song I'm going to pick. It's not off the top <laughs> no. of my head, but um, but in terms of um, a song that. Um, yeah, you know yeah. that for us was always like it was a song that when we used to play a limelight it was like yeah that's a, an Asian DJ culture song yes. that's that their anthem kind of thing um, was from um, Punjabi MC's mm. um, Legalized it featured um, vocals of um, Yamnaja yeah. and it had a killer intro by Hans Raj Hans sick which again and it, had, it featured like the, the sample was from Maxi Priest yeah. um, I think everything it, all together was just mm. exactly perfect. You know, when I saw this on the pick, Ralph, mad. It's honestly, Monday of the Bad Gay is the biggest song on that album. But for me, of this course, is the I'm, this is the baddest. Yeah. It's so good. But also, at, yeah. at some stage, I'll release a tape from Limelight. But we used to play that song from the top. Yeah, man. It wasn't even a case of you need to play it from when nah, the beat nah, starts. Nah. Yeah, it was from the top. Like, our, <laughs> our brother Raj yeah, used to sit yeah. there and say, yeah, yeah. "You don't understand. If you don't play this song from the top, from Hans Raj's Hans Raj Hans's um, monologue at the start yeah. of the song, people don't feel it. You don't yeah. understand and the drop." Sick, and man. that yeah. song is is a song mm. you need to feel. Mm. Uh, Yamla Jack was the person who who, who bought the Thumbi to presents, yeah. right? The the vocal, the everything. So he's like, yeah, you got to play top. So yeah, I mean, this is uh, Jawani, uh, uh, you know, Punjabi MC, Yamla Jack, and Hansel Santos is top man. I tell you the best answer. thing about that song, the way the way it builds up as well. Like you say, if, if you're playing it right from the top, the way that it builds up, even the the little. Uh, 
PDD vocal samples in there like you want to dance and it drops Honestly, this is the biggest tune, man. You know, and and do you know what, Chance? We 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 haven't had this tune before in the three P, and I'm so glad that because it actually represents it represents you guys so well as well as a track. You know, with the Maxi Priest influence, with with the, it's it's yeah. there's a lot going on in that track when you break down into components, and there's so much influence from different areas, like say the PDD vocals, this, this, all sorts of stuff going on. Which that collage of musical influences. Yeah. When I saw this on the list, I was like, "That represents you guys really well, actually, because it's it's everything that kind of you guys stand for, but by by someone else." But it's such a great pick, and I love the Maxi yeah, Priest sample. I think it's just one of the best uses of a sample in, you know, one, like one of the really, really. Yeah. A lot of people use samples, and it's like oh, it's just kind of thrown that in there. But this was like yeah. that's been selected well. Fantastic. specifically because it works yeah, and it makes that. He's a monster in the game, man. He is yeah. He's, do- he's, do- he's yeah. Dr. Dre for us. Hundred percent. Yeah. You know what? I've not heard yeah, a yeah. better analogy than that. Hundred percent. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. That's what oh, we yeah, always so use, man. True. He is like the Dr. Dre of this. You know what? He's sometimes you hear his production. It's so simple. But it's mad. It just yeah. sounds so sick. That that's why it's so sick. Because like you know, like it takes minimalism is the hardest thing to do. I think you know, especially in music, to do something that's simple and make you want to listen to it for three minutes and then listen to it again for three minutes and again and again. Like some sometimes you hear it and it's like the the simplicity is so complex. If that makes sense, but yeah. it's just amazing to hear yeah. to hear yeah. what he can do and you know the Dr. Dre of he doesn't overproduce. Wait, no, just yeah, you're right, D. You're right. <laughs> so, you're right. You're Rav, right. I asked you what the first one is, D. You've got to top the top the first one with the second. What are you saying? Yo, What's this one? I'm gonna take you along with the classic, man. I'm talking like the Wijania by Hidas. Now that is talking about weddings. Voice. This is a wedding classic as well, man. Yeah. It's a wedding song, yeah. man. It just takes and you back. From yes, yes yeah. they are. Yeah. From yeah. 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 on the map, but it just takes you back yeah, to those yeah, like yeah. early nineties <laughs> and those sort of classic times. You know, like growing up, family weddings and all of that sort of stuff and it's just a timeless piece of work it is man like, like you listen, listen to it now it's not it's not really been remastered or anything it just sounds mm. as no. you can hear pops and cracks in it all that kind of stuff it's sick it's such a good tune man. and I think it was produced by Deepak Sanchi right yeah but then he, he did the he did the, re, he did the remix so like it wasn't like extra or Bangra Fever or something you know, he said yeah, yeah Bangra Fever was a remix to it mm. right and I think that was the first time that you had somebody using an, an Akai sampler, yeah. which is like all yeah, the music yeah, yeah, heads yeah. out there. And they just went there and went and sampled. And like, that was the first time you heard that. You were like, what? Like, how <laughs> is this singer doing this? Like, you know, and again, like what Dee said, it's weddings. Like when you hear that song, you instantly think of Cousins, family, mm, friends yes. on the dance floor dances that song. It's cushy, in it. It's yeah, really that happiness, man. It really, yeah. it, it, it's the yeah. happiness, it is, man. You, yeah. As soon as I, re- yeah. I read that, that was on on the three peat. It yeah. takes you back. You you, yeah. you you almost play it in your head, and you're like, it, it makes you feel a warmth and happiness. Yeah, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, you you tra- that's a that's a that's a transporter of yeah. a track, that isn't it? Because it go you go from where you were, you can almost. You can almost visualize a specific moment with your family, with people that you love and that you care for. Everybody smiling and dancing. You, it just there's there's a few songs like that that really can just take you yeah. to a different mm. era. 
and, and transport you back there and you can remember yeah. everything in vivid detail. It's like the sounds of a, of a generation. It's, that's one of yeah, the, yeah, exactly. those ones. Go, going back to like the, the Bungalow Fever, that is the 80s. 100%. You know, those samples mm. in there and, and all of that were, were just like, they were on all of the 80s house songs, yeah. top of the pops, like that. Yeah, that was just yeah, it for us, man. That was sick. Hey. So that's a, this is strong too. It's a strong first two, but let's see what uh, what's the third, guys. What we're we doing? What uh, what we're saying for the third? Right, one? Th- third one, um, three P is Imran Khan amplifier. Now, um, I don't know if some other people may have chose this or not. I'm not sure. No, we never had. But it. Oh. this song oh. now is very very important. It changed the music. Before this, you didn't really have um, Punjabi songs sung in a way that is more rapped than sung you didn't have that style you, the, the music as well was again you know no tool couldn't be anywhere in sight you know it was it was that and if you think about it that album is now coming to what 11 12 years now ago yeah it still sounds fresh and it actually you can say influence everything that is coming out today I, I can- I have to be completely honest with you guys. So this tune, I hated when it came out. Fully hated it. Like, I was like, what is this crap? Right? Because I was used to listening to Desi songs, right? You know, that had the doll and the dumbi, that had like a proper Punjabi singer, folk singer style. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden this dude comes, Imran Khan. I I think, was he like European or something like that? I'm not sure where he's from, Norway or something. And this guy is singing with glasses on, cap sideways, that kind of thing. Seeing this song about an amplifier. Like, I was like, what is this? Yeah. Now I listen to it and I'm like, this slaps differently. It is so good. It is so good. And I, I really didn't appreciate it when it came out. And the same with like Beowulfa. Love that tune. It's crazy that people are using the acapellas for these songs over beats now. And it was so ahead of its time. You were yes. absolutely right. What Sidhu's doing now, he was doing then. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, but Imran so, Khan. Yeah. On, Amplifier, sorry. That, like I've said, that was probably the ultimate game changer. Yeah. Like, we remember when that record landed and we were like, damn, this is big. And he's from Holland, by yeah. the way, Amsterdam. Yeah. And I remember meeting him, meeting him, because uh, around that time we were DJing in Rotterdam. So he just dropped Nina Chile. Nina Chile was out there doing his thing. And Mr. Jam hit us up on Nina Chile. No just way. so you know like um, he's the one that introduced us that song Crazy. but we were out in Rotterdam and we were playing at a party um, and Imran was there he wasn't he was just hanging out partying and he was like yo man I've got this new album coming out man um, I've got a track on there called and I heard some of the album because I knew his manager from way way back before that album dropped and when I heard some of the album I was like this guy is going to kill it and that's exactly what he did it's such a matching but you're so right it's it's so culture defining and so ahead of its time in my in my opinion mm. so mm. ahead that that's the I, thing. I didn't ahead even of, clock on at the time. time you know what I mean and guys like you who were in the industry knew you heard the sound you're like this is going to change it this is going to change the industry but I, I, but I tell you what it is it, it that isn't to say that uh, you were hating at the time mm. or whatever it is the only difference that probably might have been it is that um, at the time when his song came out Little Wayne was coming out with that same kind of sound. A lollipop. And, and like, stuff there was like this shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of shift in it, you know. And now, then what happened was that Iman dropped. For us, it meant we had a song that we could play now to non-Asian audiences because the beat was banging. 
right? So when you were playing your little, yeah. uh, when you were playing a milli or whatever it might be in a club, you now have another song that has great energy yeah. and can come through. That's the reason why like, that took off the way it did. Mm. You know, if you if you look through a song yeah. that after Munja Tabachke and things like that, that gets, and after J-Ho, mm. you know, some people like to play that in, at, at parties that mm. are, are, not, are not Asian. That song is the one that yeah. people reach for. Uh, Tim Westwood, the first, when he heard mm. us play um, Amplifier at Lundamela, yeah, the first, and there's a picture. I'll leave uh, uh, somewhere online, yeah. right? You can see he's looking over my shoulder to see what record it is because the oh, next yeah. thing he said to us was, "Yo, Doug, I'm gonna need that." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, cool." Hey. So then the week after, we went on to his show, yeah, and we gave him all of these Imran Khan songs, and he built a great relationship up with Imran Khan to a point where, when Drake came over, Drake and his whole crew was like. Yeah, man, we're hearing this song, man. It's crazy. Mad. Drake featured it on his website. Mad. You know, that's how the Drake co-sign came about with, with, with Imran Khan. And then, again, in the same way that we've had, like I say, Diltralia and all these things, that uh, Imran was just doing something different. Yeah. That's all it is. You know, he knew that he had to change up his sound. He could sing the song, mm. like Nina mm. He could have done that, but he didn't. He thought, let me rap yeah. it. And straight after that, Honey Singh, Bajah, yeah. all these other people yeah. now come out to a point where now the music scene is is in a different stage in its in its mm. career. You know, we're now not using that same sound that we were maybe back then. We're now changing that up. You know, now Sidhu Musiala has taken that and made it his own. You know, AP mm. Dylan has made it his own, and all these people, different people here, man. It's, it that that's why you have to give that song its flowers, man. Definitely, hundred percent. I I agree with you, and we we actually. Um... Yeah, we had a conversation with Nahal about this as well. I think Nahal was saying he heard you guys play in the club and you played an Imran Khan tune and the amount of hate that people within the crowd were giving it because it was a, a Pakistani guy of someone of Pakistani origin singing it, right? He I don't know about that. Well, this is what Nahal we, was saying to us. So that. he said that there were, he heard guys, Sikhs and that and saying, turn this P-A-K-I music off. In the crowd, and it's nah. like so underappreciated nah. and bad. That I mean, this this is what we were saying. Nah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you say that you didn't hear it because it's it's shocking to hear nah. that that kind of thing would happen. But yeah, nah, let's be I'm real here. Yeah. True. You, a dog's you record either, is a yeah yeah absolutely. Yeah. You 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 either like Imran Khan for the song it is, or you don't like it for the song it is. Never has it ever been questioned that Who's of anyone's yeah. 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 Mm. You understand? I agree. Yeah. People either liked it because it was a shift away from traditional Bhangra music <laughs> or they wanted traditional Bhangra music. For us, I've never experienced that ever. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm and glad I'm because when that. I heard that, I, that was shocking to me. And we did speak about it on uh, on an earlier episode, but I'm so glad that you guys said you haven't had that experience firsthand to show that maybe it was just I mean, may, an isolated may, Maybe that, that might be somebody else. Yeah. Like somebody else might be playing it and, and they got that experience, but... I mean, people know when they when when Punjabi hits will turn up to your rave that we're going to play some yeah, bangers, absolutely. man. That's it, and that's all that matters. That's it. That, that is what's going to happen. Mm, yeah, mm. you're definitely hearing some Imran Khan yeah. in there. But yeah, yo, we've played at a lot of parties, yeah. a lot of parties. Mm. We've never witnessed that. If anything, I'm, people are going crazy to tracks. Brilliant. I'm glad about that. 
And if yeah. anyone that has got a problem with it, I've yeah, got a door yeah. mix of it that was real yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard the door mix is well sick. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, shout, shout out to Kudos and Rajiv, yeah. man. Like, uh, and Ants, man. Rest in peace. That's but it. Yeah, man, DJ I'll take Run the rhythm, man. Sick. So, the final part of the show, guys, uh, we ask you the final question as well of the show. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you guys have, have discussed what your answer would be, but we'd really love to know. I So, as Punjabi Hit Squad, are you Roots or Rhymes? Mm. Define Roots and define Rhymes. Whatever it means to you. Whatever Roots means to you and whatever Rhymes means to you. Just tell us which one you are and why. I, I both of you, one or the other, just in case, because I don't want to get into involved in any kind of beef or anything. That if I choose, like, if Coons is like roots and Mac no, is well, like, I think, you, so, I think we, uh, no, I, you know, no, no, it's, you know, it's 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 funny, Rab, because like naturally we are one or the other, but it's not like a you're on my side or his side kind of thing. It's are. like a. Like I am more I, roots, I, I am more rhymes, and Chun's are definitely more roots. Like, like, you guys gonna, <laughs> oh no, 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 bro! Like even that, if you, even you if know, you, like, were... one of you turns up because like of what Rab and D said, like, um, alright, cool. Um, <laughs> I'm probably neither or, but if I was to go somewhere, I would go roots, man. Oh, Rav, man. I'm just joking, bro. <laughs> See? I knew it. I knew it. Max going to send out a statement that says, let's I'm leaving the Zoom. I'm leaving the Zoom call right now, man. That's it. I'm about gone. Right, D, what are you saying? Uh, would you say your roots are rhymes? I'm going to balance it, man. I'm roots and rhymes. <laughs> sick. <laughs> so, so the thing is, right, with, with us, right, me and Mac are naturally, like, I'm kind of roots because I grew up a lot on Dissy culture and that kind of thing, but I'm, I'm massive yeah. on my hip hop and R&B. But Matt grew up on the rhyme side of things. Like he, his influences in it, his household were like reggae and 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 rock and, and that kind of stuff. So naturally, yes, we are roots or rhymes, but the roots or rhymes is basically, a lot of people say, well, I, I'm, I'm true to my roots, so therefore I'm roots, whatever your roots might be. So it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of an open question really. And we've had various different answers, but I'm glad that, you guys are representing both sides to an extent, and that's representative mm. of your music as well and what you've been doing for the culture. You've fused together the roots and the rhymes. The roots of the Punjabi culture you've fused with the rhymes and the urban side of things, and that's a testament to your career, your music, and, and what you you guys have been doing for 20 years, twenty plus 20 years if you count the years you were DJing before that. And I, I think long may it continue, and we, we definitely want to continue to to see see more from Punjabi Hit Squad. Thank you. Yeah, we've got a lot more coming, man. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not surprised, bro. And we look forward to it. And I think that, I think the thing is, I sort of mentioned it at the top of the show, uh, you guys are huge inspirations for us, man. Like we, we look up to you guys and think, you know, if we have, if we have any kind of, any kind of percentage of the success that you guys have, we'll be, we'll be happy people, man. You guys have smashed it in everything that you've done and, and really blazed the trail and made things accessible to to different people at different times so with big, massive inspirations. That's the biggest compliment I can give you is to say, we look up to you and think, you know what, that's, that, that's uh, some people that we really hold in high regard. Thank you, man. Thank you very much, man. You know what, we, we, we like that we've opened these doors for people. And, you know, we're glad that if it means, uh, you know, years later that we've inspired two guys to open up a podcast to talk about these things and have a platform in order to mm-hmm. do that, like that's, that, that was our aim, man. That has always been the aim of Punjabi Hitsquad, man, is opening this market up, man. Thick. Yeah. So this is an opportunity, exactly guys, that. just uh, for you to plug what you've got going on. Tell the listeners what, you, what you're doing. 
Uh, I get each and every Friday and Saturday at BBC Asian Network, 6 till 9. Um, that's one thing. New music dropping very, very soon. Um, now that we're out of lockdown, it means that we can get into a studio and start to create a lot more. And yeah, man, just um, catch us in the club, come and fight with Punjabi Hit Squad. Yeah, we've got some monster records dropping, man. I look forward to seeing you guys live again with the crowd nice as well, man. Yeah, Trust yeah, me, that's going to be sick, bro. That was great, guys. Thank you very much. Really appreciate that. No, no problem, man. Roots and Rhymes. The UK is on red alert. As part of our commitment to the British Asian events industry, we're campaigning with We Make Events to help raise vital funds for those who can no longer work as a result of live events being cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. You can help by donating using the link in the description of this podcast because together we can help make events again.